Well, welcome to Sugar Creek Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're here today. As Pastor Lucas mentioned, uh, this next three weeks, we are rotating from campus to campus. Uh, my name's Clint Smith, and I'm the multi-site pastor and also the campus pastor at our Missouri City campus. And uh, we're here this week. Next week, our whole crew is going to Richmond Rosenberg, and then we'll be back to our home campus. Pastor Mark this morning and Pastor Tony, their crew is at Richmond Rosenberg. Next week, they'll be at Missouri City, and then they'll be back at their home campus on the 19th. And I am certainly excited about being here today. I wanted to take this opportunity as the multi-site pastor to thank you, Sugarland Campus for your heart and for your vision for this area. You know, the reason that we have our Missouri City campus, the reason that we have our Richmond Rosenberg campus, and we have our Darrington, which is now called the Memorial Unit, and also we even have online is because of your vision. It's because of your giving. It's because you see the greater picture and not just here in Sugarland, but you see the grander area. And I'm so very grateful for your heart, for your passion, for the Lord, for ministry and what you allow God to do through you even outside the Sugarland area. I have looked forward to being here with you today and, and to be able to open God's word with you. You know, this an entire month, the entire month, the world is focusing on an amazing event. And this event happened over 2000 years ago in the Middle East, in a little town called Bethlehem. Here at Sugar Creek, we will be celebrating the birth of our Lord this entire month as well. You know, last year as a nation, we conducted a 2020 census. I don't know if you know this, but it is, it is mandated by the U.S. Constitution that every 10 years that we take this census. Everyone that's living in America, whether you're a citizen or not, are mandated to take the census. And as you know, you filled the questions out. There are some questions that they asked all of us that we answered. Now, the great thing about the census in 2020 was that we had several options to be able to give our information. We could uh, go online and uh, we could answer the questions. We could actually make a phone call and answer the questions. We could even fill out a, a ballot or not a ballot. Uh, and th those aren't the days that we do the census, but we could fill out the questions and send in uh, also by mail. And if we didn't do any of those three things, someone actually would come by your house and ask you questions. We had actually just moved to Houston and, um, in, in the Houston area and we had not filled out uh, a census here in Texas. We actually filled one out in Arkansas because that's where we were living at the time. And someone actually came by our house, knocked on our door and said, hey, we don't have a record of you filling out the census. And I said, well, the reason is, and I told them the reason and, and they were fine with it. But what the government does is that they take this data, this information, and from that, they determined several different key areas, how many seats are in the U.S. House of Representatives. They also uh, look at building roads and they also do redistricting. And also it determines by the census how much money is given from the government to state and also to communities. So they take this, uh, all this data, and for us, it was much simpler to do, that we could respond you know, this morning as we set up the scripture for this message, there was also a decree that went out from the Roman emperor, from Caesar Augustus. 
And there was a census that must be taken for all that was, was a part of the Roman Empire. As a result, the scripture tells us, God's word tells us that Joseph less left Nazareth. He left Nazareth and traveled to Bethlehem. Now, geographically, we know that that is about 90 miles. From Nazareth to Bethlehem is about 90 miles. On foot, it was about a three-day journey. As we read scripture, we understand that Joseph was betrothed. Now, when we think of the word betrothed, we don't hear that word often uh, in, in our vocabulary, but essentially it meant that Joseph was engaged to Mary. Now, a betrothal was a little bit different because you know if we're engaged to someone, we can is, easily break off the engagement. But if you're betrothed to someone, the only way that it can be broken is by divorce. So we see that Joseph and Mary, that they were betrothed and they had to travel to Bethlehem so that, so that they, they could be a part of this census. While they were there in Bethlehem, the Bible tells us that Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and his name was Jesus. So if you would take God's word with me in Luke chapter two, and we're gonna read eight through 11 at this time. If you would join me in reading God's word, it says in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. This morning, we read this familiar story. Many of us have, have read this story many, many times over our lifetime. Some of in this room actually know the story. However, you may have never accepted the gift. This morning, we're gonna give you an opportunity to, to invite, to reach out and take the best gift that you could ever receive. By looking at the scripture this morning, there are three observations that I want us to talk about. And the first one is this, that the Christmas message reveals God's love for everyone. As we read the scripture, it tells us that the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. Now, when we think about shepherds, who, who were shepherds? Shepherds were common, ordinary people. Not only were they ordinary people, but they were actually looked down upon by many people. Humanly speaking, there was nothing special about shepherds. Matter of fact, shepherding in the first century was the next to last on the scale of occupational work. Now, do you think by happen chance that, that, that God just, just came and told the message to the shepherds? No, God had a purpose. He had a purpose in mind. But can you imagine the scene that night? Can you imagine the shepherds sitting around perhaps a campfire on a cold night and maybe they, they were shivering. Maybe they were talking about their day and maybe one sheep kind of scurried away and they had to go find a sheep or, or maybe you know they didn't have that much went on on that day and so they were talking about that. Perhaps they were telling tall tales. 
trying to figure out what they had to look for for the rest of their lives. And then suddenly, suddenly, God appears. And God's word tells us in a choir of angels. When I was little, I used to love in the summertime to go outside in, in my backyard and we had a trampoline and I would love to lay on the backs um, with my back facing uh, up to the stars, looking at the stars, counting the stars, looking for constellations. I remember daydreaming and, and thinking, or I guess it was actually night dreaming. I was night dreaming, you know, uh, seeing the fireflies fly by. I can picture that, that this, this is May what was taking place with the shepherds, they were gazing in the sky. They, they were dreaming perhaps of a better life. They may have had no hope, they, they had no sense of purpose. But in verse 13 and 14 it says, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly army of angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. What an incredible night. It must have been just an awesome, awesome night. But really, if you stop to think about it, when we think about who shepherds were, we think about how basically shepherds were viewed by society. Inviting this group to the birth of Christ was pretty shocking. But we know that God did it for a reason. That God came to these shepherds the God who made all of this came down to earth to see you, to see these shepherds. God was saying to these shepherds, even though society may not see you, but you're loved by God, you matter to God. And most of us in this room, we, we can relate a little bit to shepherds. Most of us in this room, we're, we're normal everyday people like the shepherds were. You see, God could have chosen to announce his son's arrival to some religious leaders. He could have chosen to even go to a king. He could have chosen to even reveal, reveal it to the Roman emperor. But God chose to reveal it to the shepherds. You see, God had a purpose. He had a message to send and God's love extended to every single person. We know that, that there are no favorites in God's eye from the poorest of poor to the richest of rich, rich and everyone in between. God's love is for all. So you see that God reveals to us that the shepherds were important enough to God to be a vital part of the Christmas story. And what God is saying this morning is that I am important to God too. And each of you in this room, you are important to God as well. You see church, every single person that's in this room or, or watching online, if we see this, these shepherds and we know their background, we, we know how they were viewed, they were important enough to God that God came down, that God's Christmas message came to them. This morning, God's wanting you to know the same thing, that you are just as important to God, that I am just as important to God. You see, God wants us to know that we're important to him. Some of you in here, you may be in this room today, you may be watching online, you may be going through some really difficult times in your life. 
You may be wondering, well, who really cares about me? You may be wondering, does my life even matter? A little boy in an orphan's home was, was watching as, as some people were bringing gifts at Christmas time. And one of those that were bringing some gifts into the home asked the little boy, he said, what, what do you want for Christmas? The little boy simply said, I just want someone to love me. You know, maybe that's exactly how you're feeling this morning. Christmas to many, it's a, it's a wonderful time of the year. However, to some, it's a time of loneliness. It's a, it's a time of depression and, and rejection. You know, some of you here, some of you that are watching may be wondering this very morning, does anybody really love you? You're maybe wondering if, if there's anyone that, that, that you really matter to, if anyone really cares about you. I want you to listen this morning and be reminded what the angel said. He said, unto you is born a savior, unto you. On Christmas night, God gave us all a gift of love. For God loved you so much that he came down to this earth. He came down in the form of Christ to ultimately die on the cross for our sins. And that's how much you matter to God. You see the angel's song, it, it was an announcement. It was an announcement for all to hear that you are known by God. Not only are you known, but you're noticed by God. You, you matter to God. He knows your name. The Bible tells us that each of us in this room, each of us that are watching today, that we were all knit together in our mother's womb. God knows how many hairs that are on our head. He knows our hurts. He knows our pain. He knows our desires. When no one else may see or no one else may hear or no one else may care, the God who made it all, he does notice and he cares for you. This morning, there, there's a gift under the tree and God has your name on it. I want to invite you this morning to reach out and to take that gift if you've never done so before. But you may be asking this, what, what is the gift? What is this gift of love? Which brings us to the second point this morning and that is this, the Christmas message reveals the significance of understanding who was born. How many of you in here really like good surprises? You know, we, we all like a good surprise. We certainly don't like bad ones. Uh, last week, uh, my family, every other year, we go to Gatlinburg and, uh, and we'll spend Thanksgiving in Gatlinburg. Now, uh, it's something that, that my parents do, does to bring all the family together. I have a, a pretty large family and there was about 40 of us that met in Gatlinburg. And my parents got a cabin and we were staying in this cabin. And as we were there, we walked up and there were several signs that uh, were outside before you go into the cabin and even signs inside the cabin that said, you know, black bear activity, you know, beware of the bear. You know, it also said, you know, make sure your car is locked, make sure there's no food in your cars. 
Well, you know, oftentimes we will see signs like this. Like I've seen a sign that says, you know, Dutch crossing, but I hardly ever see a duck crossing there, you know? I mean, so you, sometimes you read these signs and you just read them, but don't really pay attention to them or you don't really think that it's gonna happen. And it was the night of Thanksgiving that uh, we were outside. There was a fire pit and some of the family was actually out by this fire pit and they started to drizzle. So they came upstairs and it was about 10 minutes after that, that uh, one of of our family members began knocking on the window, calling for us to all come out. Well, we all knew really what that knock meant because we were, were really hoping to see a, a black bear. And we went out there and sure enough, we saw this. We saw this 300 to 400 black bear that was about 10 to, to, 10 to 20 yards. And so we, we, we turned on the cameras and we began videoing. And you're gonna see like right outside of where this wall is, it was pretty steep. And this joker, he just walked up that wall. He came up and he walked across uh, the ledge there. We'd been sitting there. So, you know, he was looking to see if there was any food that were, was possibly there. He walked around the area. And I don't know if you can tell, but right over here on the other side, there are some steps. And, and these steps, it goes up to our cars and all of our cars were there. Well, I didn't get this part on the video, but he actually walked up the steps and went up to where our cars were. Now we're all watching a video and uh, the, you know, we don't have any sound on here because you know, some, some of my family, were, they were losing their mind at the time. But uh, we saw this bear, he went up to each of our car doors and tried to open our car door. Matter of fact, one of my nephew, they left their car unlocked. I guess they didn't read the sign or pay attention to it, but he opens their door and looks into the car and then goes over to the trash. It, it, was, it was quite the, the surprise. I mean, we, we were surprised on that night and we were excited, but a little bit fearful at the same time because you don't really see black bear in, in, in Houston, Texas, right? We don't see many of them just walking around outside. On this night, there were no warning signs. You know, the shepherds didn't get a sign that say, hey, by the way, some angels may appear at the night, you know? The shepherds didn't know that this was taking place. These shepherds didn't know what was about to happen. Yet, this is the night that the best surprise these shepherds could imagine comes true for them. And you see how the angels describe it in verse three, it says, for unto you is born a savior. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. The word savior, it means one who rescues. You see, Jesus came, he came to rescue us. Since I received the gift of Jesus, into my life, 32 years ago, I have experienced him rescue me. I was the very first person in my family to come to know Christ. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but by the grace of God, I, I heard the gospel message. By the grace of God, I, I, I was given the opportunity to, to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I know that many of you that, that are in this room that are watching, you could testify of what Jesus has done in your life, how he rescued you, rescued you physically, he rescued you uh, spiritually, and perhaps he even rescued you emotionally. 
You see, Jesus made the greatest long-term difference in my life. When he rescued me, he rescued me from the penalty of my sin. He rescued me from the bondage of my own sin. Every one of us in this room, we've all sinned. We've all felt the weight and the judgment of sin in our life. Some of us have done more outward sins that the world can see while others have done more in the closet. But they all weigh us down. We, We all feel the weight of the wrong things that have been done. The Bible says that in that condition, that all we have to look forward to is that eternal separation from God. That is why we need a savior. That is why we need Jesus to come to rescue us. There was a a college student who who was struggling to pay his tuition and also his lodging uh, for the school year. Uh, His family had had some, some financial crisis that took place and left him unable to pay his obligations. So he pretty much had decided that he was gonna have to leave college and go home uh, for the year that that he wasn't able to to pay for that year. But on the day before his payment was due, he was notified that someone had paid his bill in full. He never found out who it was. All he knew was that his debt was paid. In a sense, that's exactly exactly what Jesus did for us. We, We incurred a great debt of sin. And Jesus came and he paid that debt. He paid that debt. John 3, 16, we we know that verse and you can say it with me this morning. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. You see, This just wasn't an ordinary baby that was born that night. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. And Jesus is the savior who came to deliver us from our sins. But not only was he the savior, he was also the Christ. In Luke 2.11, it says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ. The word Christ here means the promised one. It means the promised one. It's so great to to read God's word and and, and we get these revelations that took place. And you know, if we read God's word, we see that thousands of years before Christ even came, that God gave Abraham a promise. He gave God, he gave Abraham a promise years before. And this is what God said. He says, I'm going to send someone who will establish a kingdom that will have no end. He will give to them eternal life. Eventually he will bring peace on earth and he will give a people a reason for living. That was thousands of years before Jesus came and God gave that word to Abraham. He gave that word to Abraham and he will give people a reason for living. Some of y'all may have seen this story uh, in the Washington Post. In 2018, there was an article on Tom Brady. 
Now, Tom Brady, if you don't know, is the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the time. Uh, I know some of y'all probably know this, but Pastor Tony is, is a Buccaneers fan. You know, we see him at the office and he's always carrying his Buccaneers cup that he drinks out of. Y'all, we need to pray for him that he would get right with the Lord. And if you see him, tell him you're praying for him. Uh, we can say that this morning because he's over at uh, Richmond Rosenberg. But, uh, but perhaps... Uh, Tom Brady, he's one of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Now, at the time when this article was written, he had won the Super Bowl. Uh, He won the Super Bowl in 2002 for the first time, and he had five Super Bowl wins in 2018. Now, he's had more since then. He he was only 40 years old. I say only because the older I get, 40 seems really young. Uh, He also had the most playoff wins for any quarterback in history. He was a four-time Super Bowl MVP uh, award winner, which was the most for any single player in the NFL. But then get this, his wife was worth more in 2018 than four, he was wor- she was worth more than $400 million. And then on top of that, he also had his, uh, his worth that his own personal worth. But here's the deal. During the story in the Washington Post, and you can look it up, it was in February 2018. This is what Tom Brady said to a sports journalist. He said, I do want to know the whys in life. I do want to know why we're here, where we're going, trying to find that deeper purpose in life. You see, what, what, what he's saying there is that no one is satisfied with the mundane, mundane life. It doesn't matter how, how successful you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter you know, how society views you. We all have an innate sense within us. We all have a void that is in us. We get up, we get dressed, we may go to work, we may go to school, we may come home. We may watch a, a little bit of television or may, may read something for the night. We may get ready, we'll go to bed. And then we get up and do the same thing. But what's, what's the meaning of it? You know, what, where's the sense to it all? Life was never meant to be mundane. Life was meant to have purpose. And ultimately, we find that purpose only through Jesus Christ. That void that we all have in our life can only be filled by Jesus. No money, no job, no marriage, Nothing that this world offers, not one thing can fill it. It's only Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said this, he says, I came so that you would have life. He said that you would have life, but what what did he say? He, He went on and have it more abundantly. Not just have life, but, but have it more abundantly. You see, you and I, we only find purpose through the one who made us in the first place. And that is Jesus Christ. That this is the gift for you this morning. This is the gift that was given many, many years ago. The gift that the angels declared to the shepherds. And it doesn't stop there. In verse 11, the angels said, for you, unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. You see, there's a particular phrase in verse nine that you will notice often in the Bible. The phrase is the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord means who God is 
in his known presence. All throughout the Old Testament, God showed himself to his people through, through his Shekinah glory. You see, Moses saw the glory of God cover Mount Sinai and there he saw a reflection of God's glory. And remember when Moses came down from the mountain that his face shone because he had been with the glory of God. The Bible says that the glory of the Lord led the people of Israel through the wilderness. You remember a fire by night and what? A cloud by day. When they built the tabernacle and they dedicated it to God, the Bible says that the tabernacle was filled with the glory of God. Several hundred years later, they built a temple. And, and when the temple was dedicated to God, the glory and the Lord descended upon the place and the glory represented the presence of God. But then as we read God's word in the book of Ezekiel, a terrible thing happened. A terrible thing happened. You see, God took Ezekiel and took him outside of the temple walls. And there Ezekiel saw the glory of God rise up and leave the temple and go back to heaven. And from that point there, it was as though darkness fell and God was gone. In all the rest of the Old Testament, there was no mention of the glory of God. God was gone. For all these years, the people that had been used to God being with them were alone. God was silent until one night there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And the Bible says, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them. In church, what does that next phrase say? And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. You see, the glory of God was back. God's presence dwelted among them. God's son was born. The angels knew that the shepherds were afraid. You notice what, what the angel said to the shepherds in verse 10, it says, do not be afraid. Church family, I know there are many things in our world right now that causes fear. So many things, but there's no reason to fear. The angels would say to us today, don't be afraid. For those of us who know Jesus, we should not fear. We, should, we have no reason to fear. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Christmas message reveals today God's love, but it also reveals the significance of who was born. And the last thing was the Christmas message gives direction when you invite Jesus into your life. So do you know what happened on that day? The same thing that happened to the shepherds that night. In verse 15, it says, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that had happened, which the Lord had made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and to Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they, they made the statement which had been told to them about Christ. And all who had heard wondered at the same things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, she treasured all these things, pondering them into her heart. And the shepherds went back. What did it say they do? They did. They were glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told to them. You see, after the angels had finished, the shepherds left their sheep. 
They, they took a chance of losing absolutely everything and they ran all the way to Bethlehem. The last verse of the story said that after they saw him, after they saw Jesus, the shepherds returned and they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, but also as, her, as they heard. You see, some people say that the shepherds were the first missionaries. They were the first one to go and to share the good news. The shepherds, they, they weren't disappointed when they got to, to Bethlehem. They went back glorifying and praising God. And for those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we won't be disappointed either. The shepherds, they were changed. This is exactly what Jesus does in our lives. When we accept him, when we accept the Christmas message, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. An artist drew a picture of a wintry uh, twilight. The, the trees were heavily filled with snow. It was a dreary, dark house. It was lonely, it was desolate. And it was in the midst of a storm. It, if you looked at the picture, it really was, was a sad picture. But then with one quick stroke, the artist painted a stroke of yellow paint. He put a light in one of the windows and the effect was magical. The entire scene was transformed into warmth and happiness. Knowing Jesus does the exact same thing for us. He does the exact same thing for us. So here this morning, we have this gift, this, this gift that God sent to earth over 2000 years ago. This morning, would you consider the gift? If you've, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this morning, if you're in this room, if you're watching online, would you invite Jesus into your life? Could today be your day of salvation? Could today be the day where you turn from your sin and you turn your heart by faith to Jesus Christ? You can do that this morning. The trajectory of your life can be changed forever would you reach out and would you take it? This morning, I, I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and you want to, to make that decision to follow Jesus, if you would stop by our next step center to my right and to your left as you exit today. There will be volunteers there. There will be some staff there that you can talk to about salvation or any next step that you may have. You may wanna talk to someone about baptism or getting involved in a small group. You may wanna to talk to someone about serving. Whatever your next step is, step is you can stop by there in the next step center. But if for those of you that are already believers and you're wondering what, what is it for me to do? Church, this Christmas season, you have many, many opportunities. There will be people that you will see that, that has no hope. There'll be people that are going through the motions. There are people that need to hear the Christmas message. There are people that are hurting, that needs to feel loved, needs ministered to. And what God wants us as believers is, is to bring that peace, to bring that love, to bring this message to all that we see just as the shepherds did on that day. They went out praising and glorifying God and telling all what they had seen and what they had heard. And that's what God has for each and every one of us this Christmas season. What is it your opportunity gonna be and how are you gonna take advantage of that opportunity? If you would pray with me this morning. 
Lord, we come before you today and we just lift up your name. You are such an awesome God that we serve. We're so grateful for your son, Jesus. We're grateful that, that you sent your son here on this earth. We're grateful that at this time of the year that we celebrate and we acknowledge that birth that has changed so many of our lives. Today, I know, Lord, that there are people that are watching or there are people that are here today that may have heard this story many times, but they have never, they've never come to a place where they've actually trusted you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray for anyone today that is not certain of their eternity, that today would be the day that they ask questions, that they find someone to talk to. God, for those that are here that have trusted Christ, would you help us to be your light? Would you help us to be your joy, your peace? As we come and encountered with, with so many people, whether it's at the grocery stores or whether it's at the shopping mall, may people see us and see something different. May they see us as believers and they want to know what's different about us. Would you help us, Holy Spirit, to be who you've called us to be? We love you and we bless you and we praise this in Jesus' name, amen.